0: Welcome to the Liz Career Coaching Podcast. My name is Liz Herrera, and I am your host, career coach, and job search ally. People strive to find career happiness, purpose, and satisfaction, and yet end up in a career path that does not align with their goals and overall purpose. If you are launching your career or ready for your next career move, this podcast will empower you to pave your path and take the action steps. To get you where you need to be, let's get started. Welcome to the Liz Career Coaching Podcast. My name is Liz Herrera and I am your host. Happy April! We have had some beautiful weather here in Chicago, and I have to say that I am very grateful to have been able to get out of the house. And to enjoy nice long runs along the Chicago lakefront these past few weekends. I hope that you've been able to get out as well. Today's episode is all about advancing your career through professional development and you are in for a treat. I had the pleasure to interview a powerhouse, Patricia Mota. Patricia is the president and CEO for ASE leading strategy, fundraising and development, professional leadership programs, and expanding organizational reach on a national scale. Patricia strives to engage experienced professionals as mentors and advisors to create a multi-generational network to support Latinx career growth. Patricia has a strong history of serving the community and was recently named Chicago's Most Powerful Latinos in 2019 by Crane's Chicago Business. Let's jump into the interview. It is a pleasure, Patricia, and it's been a while, and thank you for being on my
1: podcast. Oh, it's such an honor, Liz. It's been so long, (laughs) so i was happy to hear from you, and I'm happy to be here.
0: It's It's been a while, I know, many moons ago, but now you're here and we have so much to talk about. And the reason why I wanted to invite you, for many reasons, you're a very accomplished uh, professional Latina, but also for, you know, the, the things that you stand for and you work for. And I'm a huge advocate for professional development, getting involved in professional organizations. Mm-hmm. And I will also say that ASE has been instrumental in my own professional career growth And so I thought, why not invite the one and only Patricia Mota? So Patricia, maybe um, before we dive in, can you talk a little bit about what ASE actually is?
1: Yes, uh, and ASE continues to impact me every single day. Believe it or not, I've been with the organization 10 years. (laughs) Well, now 11, well, this year it'll be 11 years, right? But six of those years have been as president and CEO CEO as you may recall, I started in 2010 as a Programs Director, first with our Mujeres de then my role evolved to leading fundraising development, and then in my current role for six years. Um, but ASE, since 1982, has been upholding a mission that, that continues to be the same since then. But as you can imagine, how we deliver on that has evolved over time. And that being to positively impact workplaces by cultivating the pipeline of Latino talent and providing Latinx talent with the insight, access, and development to be successful in their careers. And so we carry that mission through three areas of work. One is talent acquisition, so program services, events where we are actively connecting our employer partners to anywhere from intern entry level talent, to even as of late to senior and executive level talent um, across the country. The second one, area of work is what we consider a pipeline and leadership development program so these are cohort model based programs that we've developed internally that are offered to as young as high school level to mid-level professionals Uh, 10-week 14-week year-long cohort based programs to help individuals through one-on-one coaching through training sessions culturally relevant content and most importantly a strong support network across the country to help them get to that next level and the third area is around thought leadership and branding. So this is our national leadership summit, our executive leadership tour, a chief diversity officer roundtable, where we're actively bringing thought leaders together to share their stories, to share best practices, and most importantly, shine a light on on those that that really believe and support the ASA mission.
0: Wow, I know ASA has definitely grown and expanded, and there's just so much that the organization does, and I I'm always impressed right by the by the pipeline and. Um, the the work that you all do with high school students mm-hmm. all the way like you said to executive uh, leadership so Patricia can you share a little bit about your story your career trajectory like you said you know I know when we first met you were the program director for Mujeres de ASE so how did you know what's your story and and how do you get to becoming president and CEO of of such an organization Yeah, I would say it's
1: diverse in terms of of industries, but I think there's always been a common thread where I was fortunate enough to discover my passion early on. Uh, I remember going from, you know, I'm a daughter of of Mexican immigrants, first generation college student in my family, Um, first generation, I would say, you know, nonprofit executive, Uh, But also, and so I do all that I can in terms of becoming the best version of myself to try to justify all the sacrifices that my parents have made for my siblings and I, right? Uh, Grew up in a low-income, dominant Mexican and Black neighborhood. And I had an experience to my junior year of high school to go to a more affluent uh, high school uh, or community, I should say, but it was predominantly white. Another public high school, uh, but the the differences were quite eye-opening where my original high school, we had, uh, let's say the military on campus recruiting versus the new high school that I was in were college and universities from all over, right? Um, my original high school had, um, I met my guidance counselor maybe twice a year versus the new high school we were meeting, you know, quite often, at least once a week. Wow. Uh, And then I and then the academic rigor was on a different level. My new high school, I was placed into AP classes uh, because I was doing very well. But the academic rigor and the level was completely different. Uh, So I always think that helped me see the gap that, you know, a lot of our black and brown and underrepresented community groups face, especially when they're going into college or university. Right. You're already a step behind. Um, So ever since then, I always made it my mission. like, how am I going to help my peers? How am I going to help close this gap and then move along in your professional career? You face other challenges. (laughs) But in terms of of that, because of that, even as an undergrad, I helped co-found a nonprofit in Bloomington, Indiana. I went to Indiana University called El Centro Comunal Latino. And so through an uh, AmeriCorps grant, I was able to work on that project with the city of Bloomington. So it was like a nonprofit start startup. Uh, with the government, the local government, the city of Bloomington, and um, my peers. So I would recruit peers from the Spanish language department at Indiana University to come volunteer, practice their Spanish, to do workshops for the community. Whether it was a workshop on, you know, there's a lot of issues which you still hear today around predatory lending, resources for, um, you know, immigration resources and having attorneys and, and support for the community, the incoming community. Uh, And so that was really my first experience with partnerships and cross, because it's a business community, uh, we would use a local restaurant, their space, right, to do the workshops where the community felt comfortable coming in. Um, We would bring business leaders to help provide the content. I would recruit the peers from the university to come and translate and to offer support and volunteer hours. Um, And then it helped really start this organization that's still up and running today. Fast forward, I, I did work in uh, a marketing company, utilities, but was always still involved in the community and then found my, my first, I would say, professional job in higher education where I worked for the community college for the state of Indiana, um, out of Indianapolis and focused on recruitment and support for Latinx students, right? So working with students. A lot of you know undocumented youth that go to community colleges, right? And helping them and their families not only access resources and understand the higher ed structure, but also understand their possibilities to go to a four-year university. So helping connect a lot of our students from the community college to the four-year universities across the state so that they can see themselves there, right? So yeah. it was building community on the campuses with the community college students. Um, And also, I mean, at the time in in that role, still involved with the community, but also always diversity, equity, inclusion. I had the opportunity to serve on a committee with the board of trustees around how do we, you know, get more diverse staff and faculty and ensure that we have the right resources for students. And then at the time I knew, I wanted to go back to nonprofit. (laughs) And so I started doing my graduate degree while working full time in um, public administration with a nonprofit management focus and knew that I wanted to be able to work one day at a nonprofit that I can um, build programs that can help the community at scale. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I did finish my graduate degree, I had interviewed with a couple of nonprofits in DC, a lot of them in DC, and then ASE based in Chicago, and as I got to meet staff and people that were impacted through ASE at the time, um, I saw the opportunity to build and to innovate and to really scale uh, programs. And at the time, then I was hired on as a programs director. And as you know, Liz, my first project was Mujeres de ASE, <laughs> yes. which at the time had about 40 uh, w- women that had gone through this Mujeres de ASE experience. And Fast forward, now we have about 1,700 alumni across 10 10 cities. And now, even internationally, I mean, with the pandemic, that's been one of the silver linings. We even had women last year from Colombia, from Mexico City. Um, And so that continues to to thrive. Uh, We have a dedicated team working on that program, continuing to build and reach more women to achieve their highest potential then my role evolved to doing more of our partnerships and bringing in more funds for the organization. And in October 2014, my predecessor, the CEO, had left and the board of directors appointed me interim CEO. And, you know, we all have that little voice in our heads that says, you're not ready yet. (laughs) And it was... um, it was through my mentors and and you know you could consider advisors that that all encouraged me to put my name formally in the hat, and so I did. And April 2015 was formally um, offered the role of the C- president and CEO, and I guess I mean the rest is history. That's so amazing. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> first of all, I'm just um, like, natty, like
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I, I think it's just critical because I, I know. We all have that voice, and i it, that was like the time that it's like this is a great opportunity, and it's my passion, it's my own personal mission, but it's scary at the same time, right mm-hmm. because it's, it's a big responsibility um but I've always had the asset network and familia of people you find experts in every area, so if I knew if I didn't know the answer to something which happened quite a bit, I have people to reach out to to say, "Hey." Can you help me out with this? Can you look into that? Um, and, and that has definitely been been the case with why not only my career has thrived, but the organization has thrived because of all of the people that are have been so supportive um, to the organization, to the mission that we uphold.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I think it's so important for people to hear, you know, you <clears throat> you see and witness all these phenomenal Uh, Individuals, specifically, I want to say women, Latinas, and they're in these roles, and like you own it. Like I see you, you own it. But like you said, there's still that self doubt, and I know that there are a lot of people that will pass up an opportunity, like you said, like, "Well, I'm not ready," and I don't think we'll ever feel ready, especially for a leadership role or or for something of that that takes that huge of a leap. But you went for it. And, and I'm sure that the organization is very happy that you did, and, and you've been, you know, thriving in, in the role. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about specifically was Mujeres de Ace.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I was a participant. This was before before you and you and I connected when you were the program director and, and I was in, involved in the board. But it was such an impactful program, and at the time, I know it was a little bit smaller. I think it was in 2010, so this kind of a long a while back. And it was super instrumental, just connecting with women in so many levels. And for me, learning about some of the struggles and professional challenges, like even women in leadership roles, like for me, that was eye opening. I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I thought it was just me. And so the program is so empowering. And I personally benefited so much from it. Like you have no idea like how much (laughs) it has impacted me. But can you talk more about the program? And I know you talked about how it has evolved. But Maybe even share a few stories or a story. I, I'm I'm a big advocate of mujeres as asset. Yeah, I mean, well,
1: your story is is powerful, right? Just the fact that that you shared how empowering being in a room surrounded by other Latina professionals, and I think that's been a critical piece because many of us, especially like myself, if you are first generation in your family that has gone got earned a college education or had the, the privilege to earn a college edu- education. Then you know, being a professional career for all intents and purposes, like you made it, right? Like it, it compares to you look at the Latino community in, in general in terms of you know, there's still a lot of you know, need to happen to get folks in terms of good careers, meaningful careers, education, and so. You, you don't have, at least, you know, for me, the visible Latina professionals in our immediate families or in our neighborhoods. And so when we're able to provide a room of other professional Latinas that are experiencing the same thing that you can't necessarily talk to your tia about or your mom <laughs> about yeah. the struggles in, in your professional work. And not just, and then the cultural piece, right? Because if, if you grew up with the traditional Latina culture, where you know home cooked meals all the time or you know and then you're juggling a career and you do want to kind of provide that too it's like that that balance um but the mujeres asset program is geared to empower latinas to succeed professionally but thrive personally right and it's done through one is the self-discovery piece so through leadership assessments through coaching through that cultural awareness conversation it's the foundation for any leader to become more effective. Is really becoming aware of your strengths, capabilities, as you know, Liz. Possible blind spots, but most importantly, who? What's your true identity as a as a Latina, as a woman, as whatever identities that you have, right? And then the second piece is, is the content, right? Is that we found what were some of the barriers that Latinas were facing in the workplace, and this aligns with many other groups too, right? It's not being comfortable tooting your own horn right and and being able to advocate for ourselves so we talk about what are some strategic ways that that you can go about that without feeling that you're coming off boastful, without feeling that you're 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 coming across this area right um our our finances right Mm -hmm. or being able to spend time and talk about because we're so uncomfortable we didn't necessarily grow up talking about money or investments at the dinner table, right? Um yes. so having that space for that work life integration, right? Understanding that you're never going to have a complete balance, it, it prioritization, it evolves over time. And just having that safe space where women are like, I am not alone. Yes. It's so powerful. <laughs> and the the I would say, you know, the the final thing is is that the alumni, like, once you've gone to the program, you're part of the alumni network, you know, we have folks that perhaps we haven't connected with in a while, <laughs> <Liz>. <laughs> and then <laughs> I we reconnect, como, like, como si nada, right? Like, hey, you know, like, nice time is That's how we by. do. It. That's how we do it. <laughs> Exactly. But to know that you're part of the ACE Familia for Life, and whenever you need, you can circle back, you have your hermanas through this program um, to lean into. And then some of the statistics that we've captured is that within less than um, six months of graduating from the program, we have 40% that report an increase of pay or promotion at their place of employment. That goes up an additional 30% within less than 12 months. And so that's part of us moving the needle, but a lot more work needs to be done because you still see that Latinas are on the lowest end of the wage gap, right? Earning on average the 55 cents to a dollar. And Latinas are primary decision-makers in households. They're really owning this $1.7 trillion purchasing power that the U.S. Latino cohort represents, right? Because they're making the decisions in their communities, for their households, for aging parents, for their children. And so it's critical. It's an economic imperative that we do ensure that our Latinas are thriving in the workplaces, but also in terms of their finances. And then the stories list there's so many I know I was, you can go on the website I was like there's so many I mean you shared yours, but, but yeah you're, you're hearing women who perhaps were in mal-dominated fields like we have some of our cohorts mm-hmm. let's say in the San Francisco Bay Area and the tech space or even Houston in the oil and gas a lot of Latina engineers and they're like to be in a room with others they're like oh my goodness it helps retain them in their career because you do see research out there that women in male dominated fields, they have a tendency to drop off after a certain point, either they go into education or other careers where there's more women because they don't see themselves or they don't feel supported, right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's a statistic that's out there. But with mujeres after you're able to make that support network and those connections. So again, you're, you're not um, we hear women who are have been well experienced like, in their careers because it becomes a strong support network of shared learning, right? Um, where where someone else is going through something, and they're like, Yeah, a couple years ago, I went through that. This is how I walked through it, right? And so it creates those, those strong bonds as well. And then you you see again the personal aspects, like some then are helping babysit for one another or are cheering each other on, right? So there's there's just a lot. There's a lot there, but yeah, I, I'm very, very proud of, of the team that's leading the program now and all of the alumni that continue to truly support one another because, you know, you hear it and you see it that women don't support women, not with Mujeres as Asset, and I love that.
0: That's right. Now, one of the things that I'll say is, you know, I was very lucky. I had a mentor when I had first started in career services, and he said, Liz, there's this program, because I think he was involved in the board for to." And he's like, there's this program and, you know, I encourage you to do it. And honestly, like I was still very early in my career and I'm like, oh, I don't know. if I want to participate in this. I have other things to do. I'm busy. Yes, Andres Garza. I have to give a shout out, like one of the most amazing people in my professional life, my mentor, you know, he's like, well, you know, we'll pay for it. There's professional development funds. He had me and another colleague. And like, I was so grateful for him, because I don't think I would have ever done something like that on my own that early on in my career. And so there are a lot of people that don't have mentors like Andres, or, you know, that support and push. And so can you talk a little bit about, you know, what people that are listening, you know, the importance of professional development, and whatever that looks like? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, well, one has got to be if you are wanting to grow in your career, and be successful in your career, whatever you define it as you have to invest in professional development. and it, it, it's, it's got to be I'm an, especially in today's environment, if, if this last year hasn't taught us that, <laughs> okay. that we need to be like moving quickly, pivoting, learning how to you know be agile learn you know i i think you know it, it it needs to be a core of your of your everyday and professional development can mean so many things whether it's a certification whether it's you know a specific skill set right um and podcast books you name it right i i just think it's it's super critical like, like for for myself i i think Toastmasters one time when I was like, all right, I got to do more public speak. I need to practice, right? Where's the Toastmasters? And then even if, um, I think sometimes the, the excuse we hear if we're not getting the, the support, right? Or if we don't um, have the mentors is sometimes we have to be our biggest ambassador or be our biggest advocate our, ourselves, right? But it's of course helpful to have an Andres or a yes. mentor that will, will push you so it's also another thing is surround yourself with folks or connect yourself with folks or organizations like Anasa that will push you, that will put resources in front of you. And, but it's got to be a two way street, right? Like one is you got to take ownership and then two is surrounding yourself um, with those that will support and, and, and connect you with those types of resources.
0: Yeah, and I think it's so important. Like you said, you know, you have to advocate for yourself and recognize the importance of professional development. I think I learned early on in my career because of of Andres, but mm-hmm. that that was not that has not always been the case. <laughs> and so, you know, I just have to throw this out there too. Where I when when I work with people, or, or you know, um, yeah, on like salary negotiation, that's yeah. one of the things that is always on the table for me. Or even like, is will you support my professional development? And so that has always been one of my non-negotiables, and I've been mm-hmm. fortunate to have that, you know, as as, some, as part of my package because I know how important it is, and I, I mm-hmm. say this to my students too, like, it's never ending. You have to keep yeah. getting involved. You have to keep learning. And so again, you know, ASIS is a great organization to to do that. So I guess that that leads me to my next question. So mm-hmm. again, ASIS is vast. What are some opportunities um, that you wish that more people knew about or programs that ASE offers? I know Mujeres de ASE is just one component, but I know there's so much more. Are there any particular programs that you wanted to highlight? Yeah, so yeah,
1: I know we talked about Mujeres de ASE, but we also have our Emerging Latino Leaders Program, which is folk honed in really for that new people leader, right? Um, you're, you're understanding how to manage versus leader, leading a team, conflict management, building trust. So a lot of those key aspects of being an effective um, people leader, right? Because it's, it's, it's one thing to be an individual contributor, but it's another thing also when you have people. So we've also had a lot of mujeres alumni that also are alumni from that program as well. Um, So that's that's available. Um, And then the other one that we just piloted, which I'm so proud of uh, this fall, and they just graduated last week, was our inaugural multicultural leadership cohort. And this was founded by two of our corporate partners, Edelman and Barilla, who each committed to sending a third of their Latinx employees, a third Black, a third Asian for this specific cohort. And we customized the program. We customized it in the sense that we added um, intercultural assessments. We ensured the, the executive guest speakers were, I, you know, were a diverse and at least representative of the identities in the cohort, um, that the coaches that we work with were also diverse in, in that sense, and that the curriculum not only touched on Latinx culture, but also the other groups, right? Um, so it was nice to see that and how we can take after the content that we already have and customize. So we've been doing a lot more customization where we have companies doing their own cohorts internally, or we're doing several cohorts with some of our companies as well. Um, then we've also taken components and done lunch and learns for some of our partners. So those are some of the offerings. Um, the other thing that I would say that, that is, is webinars is, Quarterly, we're, we're featuring uh, career opportunities with some of our partners, um, and then I, I have to share it. We have our National Leadership Summit, which is was virtual last year for the first time, <laughs> and this year as well. Uh, and it's April 21st and 22nd. And one of the things, the, the content that will happen with speakers and leaders throughout the two days, is around our theme. So our theme every year changes, and this year it's We Lead at the intersection of identity, equity, unity. So identity, um, really shining light on the intersectional identities we each represent as, as individuals, right? Not just part of Latina community, but ma- whether you be also part of LGBTQ plus community, um, also black community, um, but also perhaps other identities, whether you're a mother, whether you, know, you have, um, Um, you're a yogi or whatever it may be, right? It's just understanding that we we have to embrace that in order to lead authentically, right? And the second one around equity is not only what organizations should be doing to ensure that they have the internal hiring structures and processes internally for advancement um, to meet people where they are, but also the individual accountability piece in terms of what role are we playing as individuals to advocate for ourselves um, to do our part when it comes to building equitable spaces and environments, right? And then the third on the unity, is around allyship. Like, how are we really stepping and supporting other groups, um, learning, right? And, and just becoming learners about um, in order to build more inclusive spaces. And so all of our, our tracks will be around that, having leaders talk about these really reflect. And then the cool thing with the platform this year is there's different lounges. It's like a clubhouse (laughs) clubhouse. (laughs) (laughs) where you can pop in and out and people will be talking about these topics. So I'm really excited. And then there's networking. So there's like a speed networking aspect to the platform. So you can go into the networking room and you'll be paired up with people every five minutes or so. Um, And so it's a great opportunity. It's, It's on our website for folks to join us. And really, if this is your first time knowing us, it's a really great opportunity to get to know who we are and learn more about all of our programs throughout the year. That sounds amazing.
0: I I'm just I just made a note because I want to be able to share some of the resources yeah. that you talked about today on the show notes, and so people can check it out. Um, so I, that was actually my next question. Like, how can people get involved? Are there other yeah. things that people should be thinking about? Like, let's say someone listens to this and they're like, "Wow, this sounds like a great organization." What would be a good first
1: step? Oh man, would it be this? <laughs> Go to the website. <laughs> Well, this is, you're listening to this podcast, so that's a great first step. Uh, definitely go to the website. If you go to ASEONLINE.ORG, so it's online.org, you can find more information on the events, the programs. Uh, to get involved, you can create a profile as well. If you're looking for a career opportunity, there's a new career center on there, so folks can sign up, have their resume on um, well, yeah, there's there's a lot of ways. I think there's something for everybody depending and it's on free. where you are. It's and free, it's free. To... yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So. <laughs> That's
0: very important. Yes, um... it is. <laughs> it is. No, that is awesome. Okay, so one last question that I have for mm-hmm. you, and I just have to ask because of you know our current climate, and and of course my audience, a lot of them, you know, either are ready to make a career pivot a career change a career launch all the things Mm -hmm. what what advice do you have for people who are looking to make a career move in our current climate
1: yeah i I would say one is is explore slash do your research the research component um two you gotta plan plan it out and be strategic and then three is be kind to yourself yes. <laughs> it's going to be a process right i think um, and be kind and be patient right the, the explore research some what falls under that first bucket could be informational interviews so reaching out to people i love linkedin i know you do too <laughs> and yes. say hey can i have 10 15 minutes of your time uh, you know with folks that you're looking that are in the career that you want to you know go transition to or in the industry that you want to transition to really do a self assessment in terms of your own passions and, and what you're interested in. There's a lot of tools out there you can find online, but also, you know, aligning your, your passions and your skill sets, right? What is it that I like one column? These are the things that I'm really passionate about. These are the things that I'm really good at, and finding where the intersections are, right? And ensuring. So that's the explorer stage. I think the then the strategic is like once you've kind of figured that it out and, and holding all right these are the industries their career pathways is being strategic right so now that that's the case like what are the top organizations or companies or employers that i want to be able to target who are individuals within these organizations that i want to be networked what or orga- what conferences and and virtually there's just so much opportunity are these companies or organizations or people are attending so that i can be there too Hear what they're saying, see, learn a little bit more. Perhaps network with them. Make sure I'm engaged in the chat because we have to do that right now yes, to show that we're right. visible, and that we're present. Um, but also being strategic in the sense, like there's a lot of groups out there, whether it's LinkedIn groups or maybe you know Facebook and other social media platforms that you're showcasing your your expertise in that area, right? Whether it's posting articles, writing blogs, whatever it is. Um, and then, I mean, the self care is giving yourself grace in terms of patience and, and a timeline and, and knowing that it takes hard work. But if you're consistent, you know, that new career transition will happen, right? Um, so yeah, those are those are things that come to mind when I think about
0: yeah, that. I would like to ask this this question, because of course, you know, like I, I say it, but it's always nice to hear it from other professionals. Um, and I know that you've worked with a lot of, of people and, and you see what what works and, and how people have have reached goals and have been successful in their journeys. Patricia, thank you so much. I have to say I'm so grateful for the people that I've been able to interview through this platform. And so even for me reaching out to you, I know we worked together a while back, but I know you're a very busy professional and you're doing a lot of amazing things. Mm -hmm. and, And I admire your work. And um, again, you know, ASE has been very instrumental in my own professional growth, but I'm so grateful for your time and for you sharing your insight with, with my audience. And we will definitely stay in touch and uh, see how else I can get involved with, with ASE. Oh, yes,
1: that's for <laughs> sure. Thank you for the invitation and congratulations on your podcast. I'm so excited and I look forward to, to tuning in.